Hi friends, welcome to From the Core with Carly Perkins. Together, we'll explore healing modalities that decrease anxiety and stress and learn to live from a joyful, heart-centered space. After struggling with bouts of anxiety, insomnia, stress, and burnout in my 20s, I began a journey of self-healing and discovery to attract and sustain joy. This resulted in a life filled with more resilience, ease, and flow. Now in my early 30s, I've channeled my dance and fitness teaching background into a deep desire to learn about and engage with various healing resources to continue to grow and also help others integrate them into their own lives. My mission is to keep engaging with helpful healing tools so that I can empower people to find their own personal healing within their intuition and soul connection to the natural world. See you inside the podcast. Hi, lovely ones. Welcome back to another episode of From the Core with Carly Perkins. I'm your virtual pal, Carly. I'm a certified life coach, an EFT tapping practitioner, and a lover of dance and all creative endeavors. I love energy movement work, breath work, healing modalities of all kinds. And on this podcast, I sit down with various experts and practitioners in the healing arts. That includes yoga, somatic healing, breath work, holistic nutrition, social justice activism, and much more. So I'm going to dive right into this episode today because it's a robust one that I know you'll enjoy and find a lot of meaning from. And I wanna tell you about the person that you'll be hearing from soon, Anna O'Neill. Anna is an advocate for love and conscious action for one's well-being and a better world. Her passion is to share what brings her joy to help inspire joy in others and to serve the greater good through empowering people to pursue their passion and be their best selves. Anna is a family woman, a nature lover, essential oil enthusiast, yoga and Reiki practitioner, social activist, and she works in grief services for hospice. Anna's motivation is born from the powerful force of love. She thrives on supporting people in their self-discovery and encouraging them to live in alignment with their highest selves through daily self-care routines, self-awareness, deep inquiry, and practical advice. Her belief in the impact that each of us has and our collective ability to catalyze a cultural shift toward a world with more love, wellness, compassion, and equity is the theme that connects both her personal and professional pursuits. In Anna's free time, you'll find her loving up on her indoor and outdoor plant friends, taking dog walks on the beach, cooking from the garden, baking homemade pizzas, learning how to play her ukulele, and dreaming about ways to gather like-minded souls to support shared passion projects that serve the greater good for love's sake. Thank you, Anna, for being on the podcast. I've so enjoyed talking with you and taking your Cosmic Chakra workshops in years past, which my soul is so craving these days. I love them. They integrated yoga with astrology with our friend Blake and the you know yummy vegan food and it was incredible essential oils I I just loved it so that was a a huge gift if you enjoy this podcast and previous episodes until now please rate and review with five stars on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts if that is an option it helps people to find this content and hopefully provides self-healing for people who need it and would like to learn more about healing modalities and wellness in general so enjoy this episode and i'll see you on the other side take care
Anna, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear about your journey in becoming the yoga practitioner and expert and a wellness expert that you are to this day. Thank you for being here. It's such a gift to be here. Thanks so much, Carly. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you. So yeah, tell us how um, your journey began. What led you to practice yoga and learn about, you know, various healing modalities? What sparked your wellness journey in the beginning? So it's been a lifetime. And um, I always had an interest and fascination in the human body, our body's natural way of healing. Mm -hmm. And so um, just as a youngster, um, just have certain moments in my life that um, were, were very influential. Um, one was in middle school where mm -hmm. a teacher taught us how to do acupressure. Oh. And then high school, you know, I just was learning more about like yoga, just reading more about it and um, even creative visualization and meditation. And then it was college that the door really swung more open for me to explore mm -hmm. yoga and essential oils, but it's really primarily some phases of life events that have happened that really boosted me into um, my yoga practice as well as essential oils. And so the first one was pregnancy and motherhood. Yoga was a huge part of um, taking care of myself and connecting with this growing baby inside of me. And um, just, you know, a wonderful way for me to not only meditate, but move my body in gentle ways that was supportive to my pregnancy and help to even promote sleep and just more of my vitality. And then, um, and motherhood, of course, um, <laughs> was pivotal, um, of course, major life-changing, um, beautiful event and um, continues to be. And yoga played a really sweet role in helping me return back to myself and, mm. um, you know, decrease my stress, recover from um, birth, labor and delivery, um, and just kind of um, maintain my connection, of course, to myself and continued self-discovery um, in the strength of my body, as well as my connection to this wonderful well, two wonderful sons. Essential oils came into the picture more with uh, pregnancy and motherhood as well. And not only was I using it um, to help kind of calm me, but also calm our, our babies, um, not only by using essential oils in our baths, but also as massage and inhalation. But really the, the ways in which my yoga practice, as well as my essential use of essential oils, um, exponentially grew was um, when I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And <clears throat> luckily, it was non-malignant. It was a meningioma. And um, that really rocked my world, um, made me really question my mortality and my purpose in the world. Um, so, so essential oils and yoga helped me prepare for my surgery um, and then really played a huge, huge role in my recovery. Mm -hmm. And so 
after my during like that first year of my recovery, uh, my yoga practice was so crucial to just my deepening exploration of even my spirituality and my place in this world. And I, at that point, wanted to deepen my practice and went to go get my uh, certification for yoga instructor certification. And so that was in 2007. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't go to get my teacher Mm -hmm. certification to actually become a teacher. However, thanks to one of my teachers at the time, she saw my potential and and invited me to start teaching at her studio. So um, from there, my yoga practice, of course, expanded through instruction, um, as well as, you know, deepening my own practice. And then in 2010, the next life event that played such a pivotal role in yoga's, um, in my relationship with practicing yoga and teaching yoga, as well as using essential oils, was the death death of my mother. Mm -hmm. And um, she died of ovarian cancer in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I continued teaching yoga because that was such good medicine for me. And then 10 months later, it was the death of our father, Mm -hmm. our dad, um, which just plunged me into a profound grief, having Mm -hmm. lost both of them. So I took a hiatus from teaching yoga at that point. Um, I just wasn't able to hold people and and really needed to be held. Mm and, and that's when essential oils came into my life and they were really the things that enveloped me in such a nurturing way that no other person, despite my loving family and my loving supportive friends, no way that any other person would be able to hold me. The plant's intelligence just the amazing properties, healing properties that they have just helped me really get through like the deepest, deepest parts of my grief process. Since then, my use of essential oils, my yoga practice has continued to, you know, be a hugely important part of my life. Um, I ended up going back um, after my long hiatus of teaching to get another teacher certification for yoga. And then um, that's when I started teaching classes again and incorporating essential oils into my yoga classes. And, and here I am, here I am just enjoying um, continuing to use them as my own tools for wellness, um, tools for basically raising my lightness of being. They're both something that I rely upon every single day. And I'm just so, so grateful for them. Thank you for sharing so openly from your heart. I appreciate that so much. And how beautiful that it all comes full circle, the yoga healing journey and essential oils and how integral they are to our lives and our ability to connect back to ourselves and the moment. And again, thank you for sharing about, you know, your, your stories of loss, because how, how difficult of a time and how beautiful that you had these different healing modalities to lean on, to support you that connect you back to yourself and provide healing in a way that's so connected to the, to nature, you know, plant 
its own kind of plant medicine with, you know, essential oils. I found them to be incredibly healing as well. And I had the honor um, and enjoyment of taking your cosmic chakra workshop series a couple of years ago. And I absolutely loved, and you're so gifted at teaching yoga. I loved your yoga class combined with, you know, learning about astrology from Blake Baxley, and then also, you know, the essential oil integration, because I still use those essential oils. We blended together and they've I been put, incredibly healing ones on today. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have. I, I actually forgot to, I, I do pretty much every day. I love them and floral essences. I take to, um, from Alexa smart, some of her essences. So yeah, I think it's amazing that you're still integrating these different modalities into your life and how they've helped, you know, your pregnancy and the different aspects of your life, because I think they always serve a purpose, no matter which chapter we're at in our life. And so it's a, it's a beautiful reminder to lean on these different modalities to help us throughout our life, you know, and, and to find clarity back within ourselves by the aid of these beautiful gifts from nature. Definitely. And, and I loved having you in our cosmic chakra series class, and I'm looking forward to being able to create more, more offerings like that. And, you know, the fact that it was chakras, you know, we focused on the chakras. You asked me about Reiki and, um, it wasn't until like 2017 um, that I treated myself to um, to Reiki um, Reiki instruction, you know, classes, and um, I received two attunements. So that is something that just is one other expression of my interest and desire in learning about more healing modalities and bringing them into my life. And I really feel, you know, they have a lot of similarities with you know, just all of the natural healing, you know, and our own energy and universal energy. So Mm. um, that's been really exciting to also be able to practice on myself, um, practice distantly, um, as well as with my family members. So definitely. Yes. And I, and so speaking of Reiki, can you explain a little bit of how Reiki works, how you can do it from a distance with people too? And Mm -hmm. I'm sort of a noob when it comes to Reiki and I am excited to learn more about it from you and hopefully do a session at some point. I know that it's great to do in person to really work with someone's energy, but how can you do it from a distance? What exactly is it? And how, how do you work with it? Great. So Reiki's natural energy healing. And if you really think about the universal energy that we're all made of, that flows through us, um, if you think about our chakra systems, that's one example of energy chi. So, so it is energy healing. And um, I like to even imagine, um, you know, holding stardust in my palms, right? Mm-hmm. And, and running that through my body. Ooh, so I, love that. I feel like we really are conduits of energy. And we have the ability to raise our energy, you know, when it's when it's lower, um, as well as we have the ability to lower our energy when mm-hmm. it's higher, right? Mm-hmm. So it's getting to know how to use how to move that energy, how to move that light. And it's very, very simple, really, you place your hands either on top of just above certain areas or even place them on your body. So I've been practicing self-reiki and also um, practice it with 
a circle of friends um, actually online. We do it via Zoom. It's a monthly Reiki circle that we co-lead together, friends. Love it. Um, And so, um, you know, really about like intention and attention. And if you want to even say prayer, um, you know, you're basically placing your intention, your healing intention, working with this energy on certain points of your body. And um, it's to help harmonize and balance, uh, restore and heal your body. So um, you can do it distantly. And of course, in person is is better. But, um, you know, it's like the power of your intention and um, and attention as well as just like I, I'd like to say prayer as well the power mm-hmm. the power of prayer. I don't know how many people bring the word prayer into Reiki practice, but it, I, I use that word because I think there's a lot of people who who might be able to understand it better if they aren't as um, uh, naturally connected to the word light or energy, you know. So, did I answer all of your questions? Yeah, I think so. That makes a lot of sense. And recently, I was interviewing uh, a conscious photographer, Lauren Urbistondo, and it's really interesting because she was talking about Reiki, and she said, and it resonated with me what you just said about the prayer aspect, because she said it feels like someone's praying over your body. Mm-hmm. Like, giving you light, you know, praying over you. And she grew up in a Catholic upbringing and her grandmother would pray on her. And that's, she said, that's what Reiki feels like to her being someone that's newly learning Reiki and and integrating it into her life. So I love that. And I'm a spiritual person. So that really like hits home for me. And and I love that. And, And I think, yeah, it's true. Like you said, you know, different words will be resonant for certain people and some won't, but yeah, whatever way people can receive the messaging is, is great. And you know, there's so many words for universe, God, <laughs> source, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, but whatever works for people and whatever way they can receive the messaging is the most important. Right. I mean, and in, in my language, it's, I'd be using love and light, you know, that's yeah. what I'm holding in my hands. That's what I'm, I'm offering in mm-hmm. my healing sessions. And that's what I run through my body when I'm practicing yoga mm-hmm. or doing breath work, pranayama. Mm-hmm. I like to color breathe. Um, just really, even Ooh. when I'm cooking. What's that? What's color breathe? I like that. Tell us about that, Anna. Color, well, color breathing really is, um, you know, your meditative breathing and you're visualizing, visualizing colors um, running through your body. And it could be, it's just creative, creative breathing with color. So filling up your lungs with a color and allowing it to spill and fill your entire body. Yes. Um, and on the exhale, you know, you can change the colors. Um, I also like to imagine my chakras and inhale um, the colors of the rainbow, basically. Mm, I'm inhaling up through my channel, my spine, my energy channel, and then exhaling intentionally going back down or even inhaling back up with the colors of the chakras, the rainbow, and then on the exhale having um, like sparkly light <laughs> come out, I come out of the top of my head and rain down around my, you know, my auric field. Um, Love just that. as, oh, as really. like a protective little, you know, protective little personal shield. That's such really amazing medicine and embody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that tidbit because I feel like that's such a helpful way to tap in pretty quickly to, 
work with the chakras and imagine the colors filling up these different spaces within our body and moving. And it is the, my, like one of my favorite kinds of medicine to connect to within myself. I love that. And yeah, through your, um, cosmic chakra series a couple of years ago, I really helped me to learn, you know, more about the chakras within myself and to integrate them into my daily practice, because once you learn about them, you're, I don't know, my take is that I was really like intrigued and wanting to learn more and just tap back into myself because we have this vast, you know, inner knowledge system that is just always flowing. It's constantly working with us and for us. And it's so helpful to learn how to tap in and to hear its guidance and to connect with the universe in that way. I found it, I find it to be really empowering and it's like our superpower, you know, we all have it. And if we can learn tools to listen and to connect back, then we can't, there's nothing we can't do or unstoppable. And it's just an amazing gift, I think, to be able to learn about these different modalities and to integrate them. I so agree. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm really excited to check out Reiki some more. We did touch on essential oils a bit. So I appreciate how you share that they helped you throughout your pregnancy and in motherhood and with healing grief. Are there any other aspects of essential oils and how our audience here can integrate them into their daily life? We're all, we're, you know, we're mostly still in quarantine within the U.S., in many areas. And I know for me, essential oils have been essential to well, integral, I'll say yeah. to <laughs> essential. They are to my, uh, quarantine life. But before COVID I was working with essential oils, you know, diffusing them, rolling them on my body, spraying them in my room to help us sleep and a myriad of, of different things. I love working with them, but the diffusing of, of essential oils has been really key lately. And I find that, you know, I love to work with different kinds of scents and, and different plants, you know, infuse different feelings into the space I'm living in and have such cleansing abilities. So in what ways can we work with essential oils that maybe we wouldn't automatically think about like someone that's newer to using essential oils? Like what are some other ways? I don't know if you work with essential oils with animals or what are some other things that maybe you can mention that we can consider integrating so, so first of all, um, of course, inhalation, like you said, with the diffusing of essential oils, simply just even um, putting a drop in your palms of your hands mm -hmm. and best to best that they're diluted with a carrier oil and the carrier oil could be anything from olive oil, any mm -hmm. sort of oil that you, you um, like putting on your body, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so any edible oil, that's what I suggest. Um, so inhaling from the palms of your hand, just that alone and the diffusing, first of all, I want to just focus on how quickly that scent travels through your olfactory system and goes directly to your limbic system to really have an immediate calming effect, whatever effect it is that you are wishing to have mm -hmm. um, and learning more about essential oils um, will give you that much more ability to um, in choice of uh, how you want to be supporting your body with mm -hmm. essential oils. So if you're looking for that calming effect, you would choose one that does have calming, calming qualities and just simply inhaling it mm -hmm. is going to help to support that, that emotional response. 
rolling them, applying them um, anywhere on your body, but your pulse points are great places, the soles of your feet, up and down your spine. Those are places and the behind your neck, on your temples, along your jawline, you know, if you have TMJ. So mm -hmm. to go back and answer some of your specific questions. Oh, well, actually, I'll, I'll step back one second. And you can um, use some of them orally, take some of them orally as well. That's not recommended um, for many of them, but some of them you can. With that said, they have antimicrobial qualities, antiviral, antibacterial, antiseptic, analgesic, anti-inflammatory. I mean, goes down the list, all to help support your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, um, physical well-being, and energetic well-being. So they are powerful, powerful tools to be able to if you don't have a relationship with them, then to, um, you know, explore starting a relationship with them and, um, and to deepen your understanding of them. Um, I could talk for hours and hours about essential <laughs> oils. They bring me so much joy. Their intelligence is if you imagine, you know, that saying that goes be with people that bring you sunshine. Well, mm -hmm. why not be with things that bring you bring you that feeling of sunshine, right? 100%. Yeah. And I feel plants really do that for me. And in speaking of energy, you know, they have their own energy that runs through them as well, just like we do. And um, essential oils are that essence in each and every drop that differs from plant to plant. And that's the intelligence Mm -hmm. of the plant that is in each drop and thinking about our, you know, westernized medicine, most of the medicines have come from plants. Of course, they're synthetic ones that have been crafted over time. Um, I just continuously inspired by essential oils ability to support our overall well-being. Using essential oils with animals, I don't have as much experience in that. Um, and that would definitely be something that anyone, I would recommend any, anybody interested in that to seek out a person who has really good experience. And there's plenty of people who do have that. We have our dogs and, you know, there are certain ones that I don't diffuse. Um, mm -hmm. And not and it's not a long list, but um, it's definitely something to be mindful of. Um, we don't have cats, but I know that there are some that cats are more sensitive to as well, since their little bodies and their little livers, you know, are also processing. We want to be sure that we're using them as safely as possible when we have animals in the house. A lot of people do believe that using more essential oils is better, but essential oils are super, super potent. Mm. So all you need is just a little for yeah. the benefits. Using them on your acupressure points as well and your chakras, like, you know, from our class that we shared together, you know, those are other ways to be able to use essential oils. Yeah, I can go on and on and on. I use them multiple times a day. They, when I see them, you know, that I travel with them, they're right here on my desk. They're right by my bedside. We have a little water station at our 
you know, in our kitchen, we have a few citrus oils there mm. that for us just to drop one or one drop, one or two drops um, in a large glass of water. I use them for my laundry in my dishwasher um, and, and for, you know, safe cleaning in our home. Oh, I never thought about using them in the dishwasher or laundry because I use all natural products, but that's natural. Mm-hmm. I would love that idea. I'm totally going to do that. I'll have Great. to we can get some ideas from you. Yeah, yeah I love it's, that. it really, it brings me so much joy. And again, I just feel like if we're, we're talking about lightness of being, these plant allies are my dearest friends. <laughs> yeah, so like our personal army up. to like, yeah, personal light army, <laughs> nature yeah. army. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, those are great reminders too. And you've got my wheels spinning because I have two cats and I haven't done a lot of research about which essential oils might be a little bit harsh for them to inhale. So that's something I'm going to dive deeper into because they certainly want to be mindful of their living experience. They're pretty pampered, but that's something I haven't like thought about that yeah. much. So I'm going to explore that. I like that idea. It's important to think about because, uh, like I love eucalyptus. I've been, yeah. I hadn't been diffusing eucalyptus as much recently, but it reminds me of the spa basically. And I wanted yeah. to like get into that Zen kind of state. So I put in some eucalyptus and it helps me feel, you know, revitalized and calm too and renewed. Do you have a favorite essential oil scent or a combination of scents, or do you work with a bunch of different kinds that you love? Well, I have so many favorites, but I just have to say, speaking about my profound deep grief that I fell into after losing our parents, Mm -hmm. the two that really rescued me that still bring me so much joy and comfort are vetiver and neroli. Mm -hmm. And the two, the two of them together blended, um, just, just a hint of vetiver with mostly neroli. Um, it's just such a grounding, supportive, but uplifting combo. Um, I, I, I seriously hold, hold the two of those so dear to my heart. (laughs) Mm, Yes. I love those scents too. I remember working with those in your workshop. Yeah. Yeah. And I of still course, I could yeah. list so many yeah. others, like florals, <laughs> florals, and yeah, I think I recall us talking about um, was it jasmine maybe? Oh, I love Together jasmine. We yeah. were talking about jasmine. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm a big lavender person too, but so, I found that too much of it in the bath kind of irritates my skin. That's right, and there goes the potency. Yeah, you know? yeah. super important to less is more. Less is know? more. Yeah, I know they are really potent. It's a good reminder. I'm someone that likes. To- I probably use too much in the diffuser. I'm like more, more strong, strong, but I know that I paid less is more. I see that way too. (laughs) I look back when our babies, when, you know, our oldest was just a little baby and, you know, like how much chamomile did I put in his bathtub? (laughs) Right, right. Oh, well, I'm sure they loved those baths. They were probably like a little spa experience for them. How special (laughs) that they grew up in that way. I love that. So speaking of, you know, these beautiful practices that help us with our self-care routine. Can you walk us through what your typical self-care habits look like daily, which healing modalities, maybe outside of Reiki, and as some of the ones that you've mentioned have been most crucial in your COVID experience? Perfect. So, so there's a number and it doesn't look the same every single day. Um, But very first thing I do upon waking up before I even step out of bed is to do a body scan Mm -hmm. and to really tune into, you know, how am I doing today? 
um, gratitude in that moment as well to have mm -hmm. another day, especially during this past year, um, mm -hmm. to, to show up as my best self in the best way that I can. Granted, some days are harder than others to do so, but um, first and foremost, gratitude uh, for this body, for this life, for another day that I'm able to um, contribute and you know, make a positive difference in my most important relationships. So that determines the rest of my day, right? And that even determines what essential oil I'm going to be grabbing for first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll sit down for meditation and have a little yoga practice. I'll go for a walk. Um, so this is kind of more of a weekly um, kind of picture that I'm giving you. And in one day, if I can do all of these, then you'll see me feeling pretty high, you know, vibrancy, right? Yeah. So, um, so a walk journaling. Also, I have a wet sauna, a portable oh, wet wow. sauna that we recently for my birthday, actually, um, we recently set up in our garage and it's a portable one and it's pretty affordable. It's not a wooden one. It's kind of a zip up one. And I highly recommend it if that's something yeah. that you all are interested in. So taking a sauna two to three times a week is absolutely a huge, huge love of mine. Prior to the pandemic, I was doing that at the Diana Center in mm -hmm. Sebastopol. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just has played such an enormous contribution um, in my, my like happiness, really. Does it just so, like release a lot of toxins? Like what yeah. about the sauna really is, is special? Do you feel? Yeah, the it so, so it's a combination of um, that detoxification. I also gua sha um, mm. when I'm in there. Mm. Um, so helping to move, move lymph. Um, it's also a place for me to meditate and just go inward and tune in. And sometimes I rehearse, you know, rehearse things that, you know, for, for my current job, you know, some, or if I have difficult conversations, sometimes I'll rehearse them, you know, what, what I'm feeling, what I need to say, what needs to be spoken. Those are the main reasons why it's, I adore, I adore, and I'm, I'm about half Finnish, um, at least my ancestry is. So I think that oh, that has yeah. something to do with it too. <laughs> I love that. I'm, you've got me very interested in this now. I want, I've been thinking about it, but I love, that's such a great idea to have a wet sauna. Yeah. Available yeah. To us. Love that. Yes. It's, it's wonderful. So, um, cooking, cooking, um, time with family. These are all self-care practices, time with family. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love my garden, my house plants, um, being with our dogs, taking, taking walks at the beach, hiking. So nature, nature is hugely important. So, mm -hmm. um, in a week's worth of time, I like to incorporate all of those and if I can incorporate all of those on a daily basis, even better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I have a question for you. I just thought of when you do a nature walk or go to the beach or go somewhere, do you ever bring a little token back for like an altar or work with the nature that you find when you're exploring back I in your like meditation practice? Yeah, I sure do. I sure do. And I feel like over the years, it's been less and less. Um, I'm much more discerning around what I'm bringing home. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I used to, you know, especially in my younger days, find a lot of uh, beach treasures. That's what we would call them, you know, yeah. and I say we mostly are when our boys were younger. And they're, of course, super lovely, but I just have over the years been more, become more discerning and just yeah. more reverent about what I'm choosing to bring home with me. So absolutely, that may be a feather, just paying attention um, and having awareness around what's showing up for me that uh, feels important for me to pay attention to and a lot of times a lot of times that's the gift is just noticing and not necessarily bringing something home but noticing then and there and being with it at the moment definitely I'm doing the same too the older I get or just the more I think aware I get to and discerning of honoring nature and being in the moment with it I I feel the same because I, I do have different altars and I like to have little treasures there with them you know, from nature, but yeah, I also, it's nice to just leave things where I found them and honor them in that way. And then thank them for blessing me and then move along the path as well. Right. I think that's right. also being respectful too. So that's a great reminder. Well, you do the wonderful work of uh, working full-time in grief services with hospice. So thank you for doing this work. As you know, we've been experiencing a lot of collective and personal grief throughout COVID. And now we're at a year basically of when we initially sheltered in place in the U.S. And it's already been over a year since COVID began, which is hard sometimes to grapple with in our minds. But, you know, here we are and it's been a year in. It's crazy. But can you give our audience some actionable ways of managing grief on a personal level and then also working with the, you know, collective energy of grief that's coming at us from every angle, what are some ways that we can manage and sit with the grief that we're feeling? Yeah, great, great questions. Um, so first of all, your grief is your grief. Everyone grieves differently. A lot of times what my experience is, um, hearing from people and even my own experience, there's a lot of times we feel alone in our grief mm-hmm. um, with this pandemic and with over half a million people having um, died um, this past year in our own country from COVID. Um, we are not alone in our grief. We know mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. However, those of us who are grieving the loss of a loved one, during this time, or even, you know, uh, who may have passed even prior to, prior to the pandemic, but we're still in our grief, of course, knowing, first of all, that you aren't alone, and um, really encouraging you to feel your grief. We know that shoving your grief down and not talking about it, not moving it, not acknowledging it, is not going to move it, not going to help you move through it, however painful it is to go through it. Knowing what your resources are. Social isolation during these these pandemic times has provided us, or taken away, I should say, taken away um, a lot of the ways, a lot of our coping outlets Right. Uh, because of the social, the sheltering in place. So that's, we're managing that grief on so many levels mm-hmm. as well. So um, figuring out what your coping, coping mechanisms are, 
figuring out what your who your resources are, where your resources, um, what support that you can receive is really, really, really important. Talking about it, writing about it, moving it, you know, just another reminder, be in relationship with it. There's just so much that can be spoken about it. Knowing that especially people who've lost loved ones during this time, um, many of them have not been able to even have a um, memorial service or a funeral. Knowing that these times are changing, we won't be in this. You know, I know that that it's, we are going to get there. Um, I'm just wanting to give the encouragement that um, while it feels so profoundly heavy as it should, as it is, um, we are going to be moving into um, a time where we will be able to move through our grief. I'm just trying to give encouragement, like I said. um, And so in the meantime, it's really about taking good care of yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, focusing on the basics of your own self-care and uh, relying upon those, those support systems that you have, even asking for help, of course, if you don't have a support system that you feel is adequate enough to help you get through it. We know that being seen and heard and witnessed in our grief um, is crucial for us to feel held and heard, you know, um, witnessed and seen to move through our grief in a healthy way. But there is no right or wrong way to be grieving uh, as long as you aren't hurting yourself or hurting somebody else. Right, um, yeah. so, so I just want to, you know, give the encouragement as well as try to normalize your experience, people's experience, all of our experience grieving, as well as validating that these are really, really, really tough times. Um, and we aren't alone. You aren't alone. Um, some of, some of us are grieving a lot more profoundly than others. Having compassion for that is crucial. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I wish I could give more advice, but that's really what's, what's come up for me. Um, Yeah. No, I think that's beautifully poignant and really at the core of it, you know, allowing, I love what you said about allowing ourselves to grieve and the way that is the way that we need to grieve, you know, whatever comes up for us, as long as we're not harming ourselves or other people, Mm -hmm. it's okay without judgment, you know, let it, let it just be. The layers of grief that we are experiencing individually as well as collectively and just the light, the local light that has, you know, been um, shined over the last couple of years on our fire danger during fire season and how that really is a a reality and um, plays such a huge role in our collective grief as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that we're seeing a lot in hospice year after year and um, definitely plays another, uh, adds another layer of complexity when it comes to our, not only individual grief, but collective grief as well. So man, what a, an extraordinary year this has been 2020 and into 2021 for so many reasons. And I think just wrapping up the question that you asked about grief and any advice is just really to have compassion for yourself, compassion for others. Um, We don't know 
how people are um, experiencing grief. It's their own experience. And again, a lot of us feel really alone in it, but just the reminder and the encouragement that we are not alone, we're all in it together. And some people are absolutely profoundly affected more deeply than others. And it really just comes back to that compassion for all of us. Very well said. Compassion's really at the, at the core of navigating this difficult time, I think, for ourselves and for others. And having empathy is so important. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, because there are so many unknowns about COVID still, you know, and these different variants that have popped up and the vaccine and accessibility around the vaccine, what is one way that you, that just pops maybe into your mind that you recommend people can reach to when they're navigating unknown and anxiety around feeling out of control with COVID or with the fires? I know like you work with meditation and yoga. Is there something specific in your mind of something that we can do to navigate the uncertainty and to lean into surrender? Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for that? I think it varies from person to person, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, you know, to trust and have faith in, in that we're going to get through this, first and foremost. Um, you know, we can fight it as much as we want and be as um, cranky as much as we want, choosing to, you know, respond um, in, in healthy ways, I think is is one really good tool. I know the cases of, you know, overdosing, even if it's accidental overdose and the increase of drinking, you know, the Mm -hmm. sales of alcohol has gone up over this past year. And those are just two examples that I'm bringing up to kind of highlight or underscore how important it is to be able to find ways to self-soothe that are healthy. And so, you know, personally speaking, just to answer your question, you know, those are really to rely upon those things that do help me be in a state of, let's say, more lightness than heaviness, more joy than sorrow or or fear or depression. And again, you know, like I shared what my self-care practices have been and my tools have been, you know, that's what I would recommend to others if it, if it suits them as well. And yeah, having gratitude, being gentle with yourself, focus on the simple things, sleeping, getting good sleep, hydrating, eating, eating well, treating yourself and enjoying those things that, you know, maybe you should be avoiding, but enjoy them, you know, find those things that light you up, you know, be with those people, do those things. Granted, you could be with those people, you know, that you feel safe being with and masked and, you know, um, or, you know, make sure you with the self-isolation, um, try to do things that don't, don't keep you so isolated to where you feel like you are alone. Right. Um, so those are just a few that I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I think over time, since we've become, since we've had to transition into more of this virtual world um, with so many ways that we connect with people. If you are a person who enjoys giving back, who enjoys community, um, finding a way that you can volunteer um, and be of service, you know, I think that's a lovely, lovely way to feel connected, to not feel alone, and to also help some somebody or something else. 
So I, I think with the, this virtual world that we're all kind of, it's expanding in a way that all of us are able to, um, it's more user-friendly, mm-hmm. of course. Um, uh, I think that there's a lot more opportunity for people to find community, be of service through, through the virtual platform. Um, Certainly, yeah. I think that's been a huge silver lining that I've noticed with advancements in technology, love or hate, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and all the different platforms, they do have their pluses and their, you know, negative sides too. One of the pluses that I see is that people can give, give back, give to various nonprofits and, you know, whatever causes they believe in pretty easily and to connect with people, at least virtually and find online communities, Mm -hmm. connect in new ways. So that leads me to my next question for you, which is that you're doing incredible work in social justice and you have some different projects that you've started to give back and keep on loving and never stop loving. Beautiful uh, names for these different projects that you're working on. Can you explain to us uh, what they are, how people can get involved and the basis for starting these different projects? Yeah, thank you. So this is really one of my passion projects, which is therapy for me. (laughs) And it was really birthed, Never Stop Loving was really birthed the day after the 2016 presidential election. I was really feeling disillusionment on that day, which I know a lot of people were. It was, you know, the fear and division that I think people were experiencing that day, especially just was palpable to me. And I really had a desire to do something, um, to take action. Um, I, I knew that us dividing um, politically and, you know, non-politically um, isn't going to serve any good. And I felt that the react the reactivity, that disillusionment, the fear, really, I don't know, it was just something that I wanted to counterbalance. I wanted to counteract. So um, in questioning, you know, what can, what is it that I can do that can make a difference right now? And granted, maybe that was really just to soothe my own self, right? And like I said, this was kind of therapeutic for me as well. I asked the question, well, what do we all need? what would counterbalance division and fear? Um, and the answer that came clear, clearly to me was, well, we just need more love. Yeah. And so I really wanted to be able to um, have a vehicle that could carry that message along. And what came to me was the stop sign. And so I decided to go ahead and make um, bumper stickers that read never stop loving to be able to place them on stop signs. And, um, so a number of my girlfriends, um, and I, who were all feeling the same desire to take action, to help counterbalance the fear and division that we were feeling at that time, we all got together and spread the message, um, the day before inauguration, as well as the day before the Women's March and um, place stickers all around um, our towns, um, in state and out of state. And um, it felt uh, like a wonderful way for us 
to band together um, to spread this message um, and really to, again, remind people to continue to love and see, see love in each other despite life's challenges and despite mm. our differences. Um, mm. So putting politics aside, this is all about really unifying. It's unification. It's not about dividing. And it really is about, you know, the universal love that is that we all share. And um, that, you know, if we're talking about going back to universal light, universal light and energy, well, love is right there. And, um, and that doesn't mean that we're passive about it. It means we take whatever we're angry about or um, concerned about or fearful about, about and put it into loving conscious action for positive mm -hmm. results, for positive change. So that um, inspired me. I got a lot of really good feedback and that inspired me to um, create some um, some merchandise, you know, out of it. And that's I'll when... show my mug. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And... Wait, and also really quick, mask. Yes, <laughs> yes. Adorable. Thank you. <laughs> and so so that was 2016 and it grew. And um, any profits, all profits from the sales of the merchandise, I donate to organizations that um, I'm passionate about that support the causes that I believe in that really are all about social justice. So um, social justice and um, uh, equity, diversity, and um, inclusion. You know, at one point, um, it was also, let's say, um, around the fires. So it was, I donated to fire relief. And then you know, the other organizations that say, um, as an example would be for um, keeping families together at the border, yeah. Black Lives Matter, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? So, so those are just some examples of what I donate to. So it is a passion project. It's a vehicle that allows me to really um, contribute and be of service and, and um, gather people together for a really good cause, causes that I believe in and um, to spread an important message of love. So that was 2016 up until now, I thought, great, here's an opportunity to birth a sister to never yes. stop loving. Mm -hmm. And that's when I created Keep On Loving. And Keep On Loving really um, was inspired a lot, to, a lot um, from um, all of the racial injustice, racial inequality that has popped up over, mm -hmm. especially, the the recent past year 2020 mm -hmm. so i just feel like it is still a baby and i'm really really looking forward to keep on loving and never stop loving evolving along with me and um, being able to continue to um expand it and develop it more in in a way that i'll be able to make more con we will be able to contribute to um causes that I feel really passionate about. So it's, it's a very, I hold it dearly to my heart. Um, and I'm really excited about its unfoldings. Yeah. What a beautiful concept. 
and vision and these projects and the contributions you're making are wonderful. I love what you said about conscious loving action. And this is a way to give back and also be creative and spread spread unification, not only through speech and through, you know, seeing the message, but also it's not just speaking it, it's wearing it, it's it's embodying this message and it's promoting it to our communities and making conscious loving speech and action visible. And it's a community effort. And I love, that's what I love about the way that you've put this message into, you know, pieces that people can wear and masks and mugs and things like that. Because like, I, I look at my mug and I wear the mask. So the mask I have says, keep on loving. And I think about the people who are going to be seeing it on my face. And, and it's a reminder to me to, to be, to act from a place of loving kindness and and that I'm love, that you're love, that we're all love. And I believe in when I'm like, when I'm drinking water out of my mug or coffee, anything I, that I'm taking in blessings and what I'm drinking. And that's also a reminder, looking at the mug and thinking about in the message that I'm looking at here, but then also the contributions that it's making towards, you know, benefiting so many different important social justice causes. It's just a beautiful way to give back, I think. And I, commend you for doing it because it's one thing to want to do good within our world and to give back and to talk about it but it's quite another thing to actually put action behind it and to create something that is beautiful that people can share that has an important mission behind it so I really appreciate that you're putting out these projects into the world for people to enjoy and to be able to give back because it's a way for people to give back that is easy you know and it doesn't take much effort to for people to contribute you know and if if they want if they feel inspired to it's a great access point so it's people like you that are putting together these causes that are really helping so many people to you know contribute and not just talk or think about it but actually put action behind the good that they'd like to contribute so I appreciate that thank you so much yeah, it's, it's been, it's been lovely. It's been exciting. It's brought together. I've met new people through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really brought me so many gifts. Yeah. It's an interesting, your story behind when it was birthed. And I know in 2016, I was feeling a similar way too. And, you know, thinking about how do we combat the discord, you know, love is the answer. I felt the same way. And it's, great that you're keeping that momentum going with this messaging because you know just because we have a new president doesn't mean our problems are solved overnight just because mm-hmm. we get covid vaccines doesn't mean like covid goes away overnight we, this is an ongoing mm-hmm. message that needs to be spread we need to continue to give back and to be of service mm-hmm. i think i loved what you said about service as a way of finding healing and also working with the unknowns of our time, because I, I know personally, and I know it's different for everyone. And I think that's important to note that we all have our different ways of coping, but if we can cope through service and to give back, I think that I know personally when I'm struggling with depression or anxiety or, you know, feelings of uncertainty, and I don't always do this, but when I do give back and, and act out of a loving place of service, I, I feel better. So it's like, you know, it's a win-win situation. You're helping someone else and you fill up your cup 
you know, as long as you're filling up your cup before, so you can be of service, like self-care is a big part of that. But when we can give to to each other and lift each other up, it's just a beautiful way to let love expand. So well said, so well spoken, Carly, 100%. I've loved our conversation. I have a few rapid fire questions I'd love to dig into with you. And I've been thinking of, I thought about a new one as we were talking that I don't know where it came from, but I'm going to start with this one. Do you have a favorite crystal? (laughs) Rose quartz comes first to my mind, even though I love, I love all of them, but rose quartz, um, it's, it's some, I have two pieces that I, um, hold, you know, so close to my heart. One is here, um, on my desk and the other is at my bedside. One is heart shaped and the other one is a, um, is, uh, like a tower. Um, oh, yeah. I know that there's another word for it, but, um, and I love what it represents and of course connected to love. Um, and one was given to me right before I went for my craniotomy, um, for my brain tumor removal, um, and has just, you know, been like such a dear, uh, piece for me. And then the other one was given to me by a dear friend as well. So, and in the shape of a heart, um, yeah. So heart, 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 pink, rose quartz. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I completely agree. I love rose quartz. That's probably my favorite too. And that leads me to my next question, which is, do you have a favorite chakra or maybe not favorite, but is there one that you work with the most? Like, do you work with the heart chakra the most? I do. I I have to say that that's where I'm rubbing a lot of my essential oils. And I really connect it also to my highest self, even though I know the alignment, it has so much to do with connecting to my highest self. But, you know, that is, that is a place that I I really focus, have a, have a strong relationship to, and just even thinking about colors, you know, the color green is heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love green. Um, hence the reason why, you know, I chose to wear green today. So yeah, heart chakra, although all of them are, you know, I'd love, I can say so much about each and every one of them too, but I'll stick with heart chakra right now. Yeah. We'll have to do another episode all about the chakras. <laughs> There's so much to love it. there and yes, Ayurveda yes. and all of it. Um, yes. Yeah. It's so, such a beautiful modality to work within. Would you call it a modality or it's a, I don't know what, what would you call the chakras within our, they're a system? It's energy. Yeah. Energy system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite song that you enjoy listening to when you would like to connect back with your highest self and feel grounded? Oh, I love so much music. So many different songs. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one recently that a friend, um, so this, this um, I can't even say I know the title of it um, and who it's by, but um, I can get it really quickly. But um, yeah. it's one that a friend shared with me recently. And um, speaking of chakras, this is that it has to do with chakras. And so this is a fun one. When you say ground, grounding me, it brings me, it makes me want to dance. Yeah. Which is a grounding, right? Um, chakra, right? <laughs> that's right. So it is called Chakras by oh. Fiend Herbie. Okay. Yes. 
and um, so it's not so calming. It's um, more, um, you'll see, you'll see. Goddess yeah. energy, probably. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. going to find it on Spotify. I love, I love that. Yeah. And it is explicit on Spotify. <laughs> okay. Great. I love it. <laughs> not a problem. And I could, I could add so many more to that list, yeah. but that's the one that's coming to me, especially speaking of chakras. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love the first like top of mind, uh, song that, that pops up because that's the one that was meant to be shared, I think, but yeah, it's hard to choose one. <laughs> I know I love music too. And it, there are so many beautiful songs, uh, just quick side note. I'm sure you're well aware of a beautiful chorus. Do you listen to their songs? Yes. I, I listen to them. Yeah. I love them. Like Faith's Tim and all of their songs. I mean, uh, are yeah. such blessings like for connecting with the chakras and then just yeah, all the melodies absolutely. are beautiful. They're just so amazing. Yes, absolutely. So this, that is completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, yeah. Then this song chakras that I shared with you. Yes. I love them so much. Um, and you just made me think of rising Appalachia too. Mm-hmm. I really, really love their, um, harmony as well. So that's, that's a beautiful, that, um, just came you know, came to me as well to share. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you for sharing. Absolutely. It's, yeah. We can't choose ones. Like there's just so many, there are so many great songs to choose. Definitely. My next question for you is, is there a certain activist from the past or a current day activist that inspires you the most? Yes. Um, currently Valerie Kaur. Mm. Um, she is the author of um, see no stranger. Okay. And, um, I actually just read her book not long ago and loved it. And it just really feels like she's speaking the language that validates, um, keep on loving and never stop Mm. loving. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, and she also led and um, produced the People's Inauguration, um, oh. which is, um, I think you can access it. Um, well, check out her website, Valerie yeah. Kaur, um, and it's K-A-U-R, the People's Inauguration, um, beautiful collection of activists, basically, that was put together. All of them, you know, got together to really offer up um, what inspires them and how we, we, the people can move forward, um, in this time doing good work together. Again, that's focused on equity and, um, diversity and inclusion, um, social justice, um, issues, et cetera. So Valerie Core, Yeah. Van Jones, Van Jones is something who, of course I can't (laughs) not, you know, speak, speak of, but, Valerie. Okay. Wonderful. I'm excited to check out Valerie. I, and the people's inauguration, that sounds like an incredible gift and educational opportunity. So I'll definitely include that information in our show notes so that people can easily find all of that information, which is so important now, but like always. (laughs) Yeah. I do have one more that I'd like to share that maybe people aren't as well aware of either is Melissa Walker Mm -hmm. and she's with future now fund. And Mm -hmm. I did a lot of work um, leading up to the presidential election future now fund. Um, She, she basically created it and um, really 
is about working with state legislatures, get basically, um, let's see, um, supporting or endorsing, that's the word I'm looking for, endorsing and sponsoring um, certain candidates um, campaigns, um, especially in swing states to wow. um, be able to make you know, positive differences in state legislatures. And um, I'm just always inspired um, listening to her as well as um, just seeing how she got started in, in doing the work of you know, activism that she's doing and um, making such huge positive contributions um, to equity, diversity, and, and um, inclusion. Mm, yes. So, what, yeah. Melissa work. Melissa Walker. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm excited to check out more of her work too. I've, I've seen her a bit of what she's um, has contributed, but I'll, I'm looking forward to learning more and I, yeah, it's wonderful. That's another huge part of uh, why I enjoy still Instagram. I don't always enjoy it, but I enjoy following activists and who are doing incredible work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, work for social justice. It's been a huge asset in learning for me in a way that is pretty easy to, you know, and accessible to you know, we're all, most of us are on Instagram or on Facebook and, mm -hmm. you know, might as well use these tools to our advantage to, to learn something from other yeah. people uh, who yeah. are, who use are doing good work. Yeah. Use it for the good and, mm -hmm. and uh, elevate voices like the peoples that you've mentioned. Um, it is important, you know, we need to be supporting and elevating voices of, you know, various backgrounds and to spread their message. So it's important. My last question for you is what does wellness mean to you? Wellness means to me to have our mind, body, um, heart connection and alignment um, and having the freedom to do so, mm -hmm. having the resources, um, the equity in um the access to those resources and tools. I I'm going to leave it at that heart, yeah. mind, body connection. And that looks different for everybody. You know, wellness is really about the mentally, emotional, physical states, spiritual, um, all, all um, supporting each other in alignment with one another. And so that's individually, but also collectively is um, what wellness is about too. If, if the outer isn't well, the inner isn't going to be um, well, like the, the intrinsic relationship between both of them. Exactly. Yeah. Is what wellness is about. So I'm um, starting with ourselves first is going to affect um, the rest of the world. Very well said. I completely agree. It starts with us and mind, body, soul, it's all connected. <laughs> beautiful well again I appreciate you being on from the core and learning about I mean you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to various healing modalities so I know we could talk for hours and hours and I appreciate the insights that you've shared and your journey that you shared with us as well where can people find you if they'd like to follow the different projects that you're putting out into the world and what else are you working on what do you have coming up that you'd like to share Thank you. So 
I have, I'm looking forward to developing some online wellness offerings. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for those. I'm not exactly sure the specifics around them, but I have some, um, some ideas. So I'm excited about that. And um, also excited to continue to develop, keep on loving and never stop loving. Um, and to continue to meet the needs of our grief clients at hospice, um, not only virtually, but when we're able to go back into the in-person um, support, um, hopefully returning to creating a hybrid model to, ha to have online support as well as in-person support. So those mm. things I'm really excited about. And um, you can find me both on Facebook and Instagram. And that's Anna O'Neill, O apostrophe capital N-E-I-L. And those are the two, two best ways to find me right now. Great. And I have a, I have a linked, a, a link tree okay. link, um, at both sites too. Oh, perfect. Making it so easy. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. It's such a gift to be sitting and sharing this afternoon with you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Anna. Take care. Mm -hmm. You too. It was lovely to sit down with Anna and talk about yoga, Reiki, essential oils, and her social justice activism work. I'm feeling really inspired, and I appreciate that Anna doesn't just talk about social justice work. She actually, you know, alchemizes her grief and uses it to benefit the collective and to be of service, and I think that she can serve as a reminder and inspiration for many of us to you know, also fill up our cup and to focus on self-care first and foremost, that's number one. But then when we feel ready and able to give back in some way, even if it's just a small way, it makes a difference. Every action makes a difference. So it's not just about talking about ways that we'd like to improve the world and to show up for our neighbors, but to actually put action behind our thoughts. And that's how we move the needle and create real social change that is equitable and heart-centered and will create lasting effects. So thank you, Anna, for being on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about the healing offerings that I have available virtually, you can visit me over at Patreon. I'm at patreon.com forward slash Carly Perkins. I have some fun Pisces season meditations. My meditations are keeping with the astrology times. So we've got some Venus and Pisces energy and I have lovely affirmations and journal prompts and you can find some video content there as well so that's a lot of fun and of course i'm over on instagram twitter pinterest at carly r perkins c-a-r-l-y r-p-e-r-k-i-n-s and have some fun old blog posts that tie into the themes i'm discussing here on my website carlyperkins.com and I have additional offerings there as well. Thank you for supporting From the Core with Carly Perkins and as always, be well.